In the Spotlight, a woman who spent much of her career focused on brand identity and product design. Job number one was to communicate the essence of major brands to consumers worldwide in a vocabulary that was consistent and concise. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. Welcome to the story behind her success. And make no mistake about it, this week's guest was living large. From New York City to Los Angeles, from London to Paris. But there was something missing. She needed to flex her artistic muscles just a little bit more. So she started creating story necklaces out of trinkets and treasures, mementos, buttons, and charms. It wasn't long before her company, Jewelry Be Social, was born. Her name is Betsy Ferg Wood, and we found ourselves sitting around her dining room table just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, to hear the rest of her story. Betsy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Oh, I'm so excited to tell everybody about what you do. I'm thinking about your work with Liz Claiborne and Mattel. You did brand identity and product design. Tell us about that chapter in your life. You were living large, Los Angeles, New York City, in Paris. London, don't forget that one. <laughs> and D.C., I got a degree in graphic design. My mom is a, an art teacher and my dad is an accountant. So I kind of fell somewhere in the middle and I pursued graphic design. And straight out of school, I got a job in New York City at Liz Claiborne. And live in large. Live in large. I got my father said, You'll never get a job. You'll never be able to support yourself. And I got a job at a Fortune 500 company doing what I love to do. So that was the beginning of my adventure. And the most important thing. I found is the connections and the people that you meet. Because yeah. as my career weaved across the country and across the pond, I found myself constantly working with the same people. So that's relationships are everything, right? No everything. matter what business you're in. So what does brand identity and product design mean for people who are just tuning into our story? So a lot of what I did in my corporate career was to identify what the brand identity is or take it and translate it for other people to understand. So for instance, when I worked at Mattel for Barbie, what my secret that I don't want anybody to know, and I'm going to tell you right now is I, I kind of hate the color pink. <laughs> I overdosed on it as a kid. So sure. it's not really my fault. But the whole idea is when you look at the products that have the Barbie name on them, Mattel only makes the dolls and the dolls accessories. Everything else is made by all these different companies. And so it was my job with the team I worked with to work with these companies to make sure that they understood how the product should look and what is the essence of the brand. So I would translate that brand across many different platforms of products. Wow, that sounds like a cool job. So exciting companies to work for, but you weren't able to be as creative as you wanted to be. So you started to step away a little bit yes, and make your own jewelry. Tell us that story. I have always loved jewelry. It's a family thing. And there's the passing down from great grandmothers to grandmothers to mothers to me. My first charm bracelet came to me when I was in elementary school for my grandmother, B. So I've always had the interest that was there. And I would find myself as a creative outlet making my own jewelry. Or sometimes I was simply rearranging what I already had. So you think, oh, I'm going to wear this a new way. I'm going to wear this backwards. And it was funny because I would see people copying what I was doing. I thought one time I saw my boss. I'm like, wow, she's wearing her necklace how I wore mine yesterday. I must be on to something. <laughs> <I'm> like, hmm. <laughs> it was pure fun, really is what it came down to. 
in product development, I've done mass market products, which you find at like Target or Walmart. And I've also done specialty that you find at smaller stores. And so when I was working in the specialty markets, I was at Market in Atlanta and I met a wonderful jeweler and I was really inspired by what she did. And she was the one who started me on the path of telling stories with your jewelry. And what happened was I made a few pieces and I got stopped all the time. Do you make jewelry? Do you design jewelry? Are you a jewelry designer? Hey, where'd you get that? Can I get one like that? And it was really a God moment. It was. And I I never thought I was going to design jewelry. So one day I saw a sign for a barn sale. I'd never been to a barn sale, but I'd heard I could sell my jewelry at a barn sale. So I turned my car around. I wrote down the number and I called and said, do you have room for one more jewelry person? And she said, well, yes, we do. So come on over. So in three weeks, Candy, I decided I'm going to do this. Named my company, designed my logo, my business card. I started designing jewelry like on fire. All day long. And then I had to design the booth. And so it was all quite crazy. And I look back now, it was a very small beginning but I ventured into a whole new world and it was amazing. The feedback I got from the very beginning is what has always moved me forward. Isn't that so interesting that sometimes things happen in our lives and they take us down a certain path that we were least expecting to go down, but everything starts to fall into place and you know you're going in the right direction. Right. Did that happen to you? That's exactly what happened. And I don't even think I stopped to think about, is this the right direction? I just went. You followed the signs. Right. Because I kept being led. I kept being asked. I, you know, and I just responded. I thought, I can do this. So here I am. (laughs) Well, speaking of I can do this, give our listeners an overview of your offerings, what you sell. It's an experience. It's not a transaction. It's absolutely an experience. And my favorite way to do it is when I have parties for five or more people. I can also do private appointments, but I invite people to bring some of their own trinkets and treasures to incorporate into the jewelry that we make. So they bring their trinkets and treasures, and I have a nice big table. Like we're sitting at right now. Right. It's full of, of different kinds of charms, like my char- my traveling charm bar, if you will. And um, so I ask people to pick what they are drawn to. And sometimes people are really hesitant. They don't know what to do and they, they put pressure on themselves. It has to be perfect. I have to design it. And I say, no, you don't have to design it. I'm going to design it for you. So I get them, I give them a little bowl and they pick all these things that speak to them. And then they hand over their trinkets and treasures. And together... I put everything on my dress form and it all starts to come together. And I work on what are the pieces that speak to each other? How do we find balance? And I feel like my mother giving an art lesson sometimes because I'll say, you know, we need to bring this color through and let's work in threes and let's balance the lightness or the heaviness. So it's it's really funny. I find that my art degree does actually come in handy when I do my client meetings. Try to walk people through What makes one of these story necklaces? So my favorite thing to do is to take old 
things and repurpose them, right? So skeleton keys are super easy, but sometimes it's not just a skeleton key. Sometimes it's a skeleton key that has sequins that are put onto it. One of my favorite things to do is I use what are called engraver's plates. So a printing typically is in reverse, but an engraver's plate is the right way. So this is what an engraver would use, and he would put all of his letters down and then engrave your stationery. So I love to have letters, numbers, and colors that people can connect with. I remember when I was looking for my special necklace, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, I was also looking at, it, it seemed like these were like bold buttons sometimes, yes, very ornate ones from I like do. back in the day. Well, so buttons are one of my favorite things. I have rated my mother's button jar, my grandmother's button jar, my mother-in-law's button jar, and then I also love to go to the flea market and find buttons. Some of them are very, very old and um, they just, they're fun. They speak to me. But I'll tell you my favorite, favorite thing to do is to take old vintage jewelry like the ear bobs or the enamel brooches and I take them off of their current settings and I turn them into a charm. So therefore you can, something that you wouldn't wear anymore because those ear bobs, they hurt when you put them on, right? But they were my favorite favorite to play with at my grandmother's house every summer I would sit you mean like the snap-on earrings yes yes a little clip on your lobes they do (laughs) but they're colorful and they're fun and they're vintage and I turn them into charms that you can wear them on a necklace so that's part of the repurposing that I do I have old dominoes and all sorts of wonderful things and things you wouldn't think to put together to create a necklace and yes. it all starts to happen well i have to tell you that when i met you months ago we were at the glenn campbell museum in nashville for a big event and you introduced me to this story necklace experience and i could have sat there all night long <laughs> creating this necklace if i didn't have a show to host right people started to gather around and talk about the necklace yes. as it was coming together I made friends and I made new connections in that very moment. And that's, I guess, where I want to go with this with you, Betsy, is it is magical. And there is is a connection that happens. Talk about that. You must see it every day. There is. And when I think about some of the stories that move me the most, it's typically when I'm connecting people to their heritage or to someone they love. Some of my favorite moments um, are when I make a memory necklace for somebody who has passed. I did one with somebody's red flannel shirt, and I put it right next to the mother's lace from her wedding dress. So this mother, she had had such a hard time letting go of all of her late husband's belongings, especially that red flannel shirt. And what are you going to do with it? It sits in a closet, and you don't get to see it. It doesn't get to see the light of day. And so what we did was we did a memory love necklace for her. Her daughter actually hired me to do it, and she snuck in with some scissors and cut out the back of a pocket, right? And so we put her mother's wedding dress with her father's red flannel shirt, and her mother just was overjoyed with it. Another wonderful story that absolutely moves me every time I tell it is a mother named Lisa had triplets. They were, um, I want to say, four or five when their father passed away from cancer. And I did her a memory necklace. She found me online, didn't see me in person. But what I did for her was I sent her a list of questions. Do you like long? Do you like short? Do you like chunky? Do you like thin? Do you like sparkly? So I try to get your personality, right? And then what are the numbers that mean something to you? What are the colors that speak to you? So I take all of this information and I choose the charms for you. And we go back and forth with visuals. Now, this was years ago. Now we do it all at once on Zoom. So it's much easier. But I made a necklace for Lisa, 
And I got a handwritten note from her at Christmas that year. And she said she wore it at a grief service and she felt like her husband was there with her. And then she told me that every year on their anniversary or their wedding anniversary, she gets out the necklace and she and her three daughters go through the story of her parents and talk about their father and what he meant to them. So that to me is, that's not jewelry. That's it's not a transaction. That's an experience. That's an experience. And those are moments that you can't put a price on. Tell us your website so people can go and look at it right now. JewelryBSocial.com. And the B is B-E-E. So just and like that's my grandmother your B. Grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to go next. Oh, Let's here talk we go. a little bit about the women in your life who made you who you are. Wow, that's a really good question. Well, I spoke a little bit already about how jewelry was important in our family and that there is a lot of passing down of jewelry. The other thing I mentioned, my mother is an art teacher. Well, my great-grandmother was also an artist. So there's always been a lot of artistic in my family. So when you put the love of jewelry and the art together, I think that was a wonderful influence. And I'd say my mother is my biggest, biggest fan. And we get that all the time. When I ask, <laughs> who's your role model? Nine times out of 10, people say my mom. So moms get a lot of love yeah, on the story do. behind her success. You mentioned that you come from the East Coast. Yes. I'm originally from North Carolina. Okay, tell my, me that story. My father was transferred to New Jersey when I was very young. So I did grow up in New Jersey. He was transferred to New York City, the big city. And he always jokes, I'm a little, just a little country boy making it in the big city. And uh, What was life like in your house? Definitely creative. I'll never forget my mom used to host art parties in our garage and we would do uh, paper mache. All the little kids, we had to do paper mache on bags, but the bigger kids got to do balloons. I was so terribly jealous, but there was always something creative something going on. Something creative going on in something your house. Something creative going on, yeah. What is the key to being a successful entrepreneur? Because that's what you are right now with your own business. I don't know that I know the key. But I will say to keep coming back, to keep returning, the new day brings something new. I'm going to tell you, I think one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur is all the hats that you wear. I'm super great at the jewelry and I love it. It's my favorite part. But, you know, when it comes to doing the marketing and the social media and the press releases and all of that, it's overwhelming. You know, tracking my expenses. Oh, who wants to do that? But I think the other thing that I'm going to say is listening to the people who love you and surround you, listen to the support and love that they're giving you. Well, I have heard that Jewelry Be Social is becoming quite the thing in Nashville because there are country superstars like Kelsey Ballerini and Brie Carter who have their very own <laughs> necklaces. So congratulations Thank about you. that. People are hearing about you. Brie Carter wore hers for her album photo shoot. I was so excited to see the photos. That must make you feel pretty good. It's really exciting. How did motherhood change you? I always love to ask that question. Oh, gosh. It made me focus, I think, less on myself and makes me think it really changed my perspective. And I will tell you, I think being a mother is immensely amazing and difficult task. As my kids grow up and they're teenagers, I'm really enjoying watching them 
not just develop their own personalities and what they love to do, but also their independence, because it gives me more time to do what I love to do. Every job that we have teaches us something. Absolutely. And if we're smart about it, we take that with us wherever we go. How much did your job back in the day, living large, working for Mattel and the whole Barbie brand, how much have you brought of that into this business? Jewelry, be social. I would definitely not have been as well equipped as I am now because knowing how to do product design and development and to connect with people and to create a message and create a continuity of my brand. You'll see what I put out today and my signage and my website. It all has continuity. And that's the focus of brand identity is making sure that every single touch point of your brand is using the same vocabulary, is saying the same thing. So that has been immensely helpful to me. But I will also tell you that I am 100% going against a lot of what I learned in my mass market career. And because I'm custom, that's very different. In typical product development design, you want to create something that you can produce thousands, millions of, and sell them to everybody. It's the same thing. But for me, what I do is create something that's so unique to the individual that has it, that it's just a completely different direction, I guess is all I can say. Can you offer some wisdom, some advice to someone who is listening to our show right now? And maybe she has an idea for something she wants to do, but she needs a little push in the right direction. What do you say to her? Open up those drawers and the jewelry box and find those little trinkets and treasures and bring them in. Send me a picture of them and let's talk because I can show you how to make those little items that feel like nothing into something that is beautiful and tells your story. And maybe that will inspire her to search for her dream. Yeah, oh, that's really nice. I will tell you that I have always been focusing on my jewelry telling a story or your story. And recently I was working with a client and she said, I've always really wanted to go to Italy, but I haven't been yet, so I'm not going to put it on my necklace. And I said, Darla, I think you should put it on your necklace because we're creating not just the story you've had so far, but the story of your life. So if you want to go to Italy, let's put it on your necklace and so you can wear it and think about that and be reminded that you have a goal. So your necklace could be a storyboard or, or you know, storyboard for inspiration as well. Next few questions we ask everybody who sits where you are. So I'm putting you in the story behind her success hot seat. Here we go. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I pause. And I actually do a lot of pros and cons lists. (laughs) I'm a list maker myself. I am definitely a list maker. But the other thing I love to do is do the mind map diagrams. So I'm all about letting it flow. Sometimes when I have an obstacle, all I want to do is figure it out right now. Something that I have learned over the years is if I press and pressure, the answer doesn't come to me as quickly. So letting go, having faith, and I think the list making is really to get everything out of my mind so I can be calm about it. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? And this can be personal or it can be professional. Can you pass that along to our listeners? So funny, because we're going to go back to motherhood, which I think this piece of advice applies to your life, not just being a mother. But I remember when I was pregnant and 
everybody has a piece of advice for you. Everybody tells you what to do and what you should do and what you have to do and what's right. And one of my best friends said, Betsy, everybody's going to tell you what you should do. She said, the best thing to do is listen to people and think about what they have to say and try on the advice and see what works for you, what works for you and your children, what works for your situation. So I think there's always more than one answer. And I think that being able to take the time to understand that there isn't one answer, right? And, and not to put that pressure on yourself. Final question. Okay. And thank you very much for having us here at your beautiful home in this gorgeous room with all of these treasures and trinkets and uh, story necklaces. What does success mean to you, Betsy? That's a really, really good question. And I think that I define success in different ways because there's success that I'm making lots of money, right? And my bank account's fat, which, you know, as a budding business, doing custom work is a bit of a challenge. But I think my success comes from the delight that I have from the people who make necklaces. I think about you, Candy, when you made your necklace and you told your story and how thrilled you were. I was so happy. Right, and then you sent me a message saying that your your friend from childhood grabbed your neck and said, I need to talk about your necklace. And that to me is where I find my success and my delight because I feel like I'm making a difference to people. I want to say thank you so much for sharing your story on the story behind her success. Betsy Ferg Wood, Jewelry Be Social. Thank you so much. Thank you, Candy. And that's the story behind her success for this week. My thanks to Betsy Ferg Wood of Jewelry Be Social for sharing her story with us today. To find out more about her awesome story necklaces, just go to jewelrybesocial.com. But remember, it's B-E-E. That's after her grandmother. I'm always on the lookout for the next woman to profile. So if you know someone, will you let me know? Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. That's candy with a Y, O-T-E-R-R-Y. Give the show a follow on your favorite podcast platform. And please tell your friends and your family about the show. Leave a review if you'd be so kind. I'll have a new and inspiring story for you next week. When we share our stories, no matter where we are in this great big world, we provide a roadmap towards success. What's your story? I can't wait to hear it.